Hello and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by Mr. MC. That would be me. Hello, you alright? Yeah, you? Good, got Good. out of the way again. Fantastic. <laughs> and welcome to Tomorrow Geeson, Season 4, Episode 7, My December, Part 1, MC. What happened mm. last time? Well, we got a further insight into MC's psyche. Um, as he went after the demons that had struck at his home and at, as, at, at his not particularly beloved baby daughter. <laughs> um, so yes, MC is on a dark path to possibly evil. And he went to, of course, Hyde Park, because that's where you go to when you're trying to find demons. Well, when you, where else are you going to hide, MC? Hey. Um, I'm going to make that joke every time. <laughs> and it's going to get better every time. <laughs> And he found their lair, um, despite the lack of a big neon sign, and um, fought his way through an underwhelming amount of demons, found Shirak, uh, and um, interrogated him as to why why were those demons coming after his, his daughter. It all turned out to be part of Shirak's plan. His master. His master, thank mm. you, yes, which is a stupid term. <laughs> um, which was... Amy was insignificant. Amy was irrelevant, despite her uh, angel heritage. The master was to turn MC, if not evil, then at least on a dark path to yeah. give his soul to smear shit on his soul. <laughs> a framed picture of his soul. <laughs> yeah, it was very much kind of pushing MC to see how far he would take things. Yeah. And MC's now kind of sin where the darkness could take him. Mm. And it doesn't really seem like he's going to step away from that because we also saw how... Yeah. He isn't, in fact, that enamoured with his child, and it just reminds me of his dead girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, he had a heart-to-heart with Tifa's headstone, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. And let's not forget how the episode ended, MC, yeah. with a note coming through, or a letter addressed mm. to MC saying the apocalypse is coming, mm. get ready, or mm. be ready, or I forget the exact term, but I'm sure it will come up again. And MC didn't really give a shit. No, he was very apathetic towards it. He sure was. Which is worrying times, I feel, especially for the gang who went to the library and found books with no words in them. They did. I mean, mysteriously disappeared blanks and in us that's the word <laughs> yes <Shush>. erased <laughs> and their trusty occult section in the library not so trusty anymore god yeah. you should return your library cards immediately <laughs> although they don't have them because they keep breaking in yeah they could just go during the day no <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> so yeah i guess we'll see if uh, the, the the sole link to mcc manti is mm. his tenuous love or lack of <laughs> For his baby daughter. So it's just like me in real life, because I don't want babies either. <laughs> but not because you loved the love of your life. No. And they died. I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that bombshell. <laughs> Let's get into it. This is My December, part one. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. The sign painter had finished, and as he stepped back, he revealed a new name on the bed and breakfast wall. The Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast. As he walked away, a figure walked past the sign. <gasps> Reading it, Mrs. Lansbury started to laugh. She is the villain. <gasps> oh, get your soul, foolish being. <laughs> the smile from MC's face fell. He had posted flyers in local shops, travel agents, and around London, placed an advert in the yellow pages, and even had a sign outside the B&B with the date and time of opening, offering a free meal to the first ten guests. Only the ten guests hadn't arrived just yet. The bed and breakfast had been open for exactly three hours, and as yet, no customers. Okay, this is a little strange. He laid the book on the table to show Louise and Galf the fact that the book was completely empty. 
the pages remained, but they were blank. No text. Louise opened up another book, and it was exactly the same. She scanned the remaining books, and they were all devoid of information. Gav closed one of the books and opened up the first page, checking the date stamp at the front. The last few weeks again! He and Jay exchanged a worried look. Maybe they did know we were coming! Opening the letter, a small white piece of paper fell out. MC picked it up off the floor and opened it out. In blank ink, it simply read, The Apocalypse. Are you ready? Right on cue. MC said as he slipped the letter back into its envelope. The letter was on a small piece of paper, rectangular shaped and smelt brand new. Wow, I'm going all out on the paper description this episode, apparently. Well, it shows it's not an ancient prophecy. Yes, that's good. It's on a fresh, crisp A4. (laughs) Fresh from Staples. Hmm, Comic Sans. (laughs) MC sat alone in the living. Oh my god, I can't (gasps) say living. I can't say living room. Why can I not say living room? Is it related to... Is it where you write your master? (laughs) Any sort of description for a room or a thing that has two words is too much for me. (laughs) MC sat alone in the living of the B&B as the fresh sun of a new day started to rise in the window to his right. He read the letter again, trying to make sure he read every word correctly, even though there weren't many on the paper. Again, the apocalypse, are you ready? One more time, the apocalypse, are you ready? It didn't make sense. Okay, the message seemed clear enough, but who had sent it and why? Was it the latest bad guy trying to seem cocky and arrogant by warning them of his or hers impending doom? Or was it a hoax? A very ironic hoax. It's a questionable Alanis Morissette (laughs) definition of irony again, which we've had before. We have, I think that was in Chip. But now she's going to be the big bad of both shows. (laughs) She's the overarching villain. Isn't it ironic when the apocalypse warning letter is brand new? (laughs) The apocalypse. Are you... The sound of someone's footsteps coming down the stairs and towards the living room, there we go, Ah. caused MC to stand up and fold the letter back into its envelope. Oh, he's going to do that thing where he doesn't tell the gang about it, isn't he? And he's going to drag it out. Like One of the things we found in these Mm. pieces of shit that I wrote Mm. um, is that I don't tend to drag out those things. You know, if someone's keeping a secret, it's not there for an entire season. But it feels like... MC's not going to tell them about the note. He hasn't told them about Amy being an angel. I think think it's... I don't think it's because of that sort of default TV thing where it's like, oh, if we do this, we can get lots of attention. Yeah. I think it's because of MC's detachment from the rest of the gang and the world in general. And I think it's because he, like, if he says the, about the apocalypse, they're going to be all like, oh, no, we have to find out what it is. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, don't even know if it's real. Could be some bullshit. I just can't be fucked. That's so, my interpretation. What you're saying is this is way better than 24. <laughs> the popular TV series starring Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. It's great. I hope no one gets amnesia in this because I fucking hate when they do that in TV shows. <laughs> the sound of someone's footsteps coming down the stairs and towards the living room caused MC to stand up and fold the letter back into its envelope. Screwing the envelope up, MC dropped it into the waste paper bin in the corner of the room and sat back down. Gav appeared in the doorway in just a pair of baggy red shorts. At least he's got clothes on this week. (laughs) He was naked a lot last time. Covered in oil. (laughs) In a box? Was that a thing as well? Probably. Morning. He said. So it is. MC said, looking out of the window. Been up all night. Pretty much. There's uh, something I wanted to talk to you about. MC didn't reply. Instead, he stood and walked to the window. You listening? Gav asked. Go on. 
And MC's so detached, isn't he? Mm. Like, for everything at the moment. I want to know why Louie's upset. Actually, I know why. It's because of you. MC turned to face Gav, who continued to speak. She keeps telling me you're not yourself and thinks you're going in, you're going done a bad road. You're going done a bad road. <laughs> God. She does, does she? Yeah. And I don't like seeing her like that. So why don't you snap out of it? Why don't you shut the hell up about things you have no clue about? Oh, MC. <laughs> it just gets <laughs> to worse. To be fair, I mean, to be fair, he's clearly going through a bad time and then Gab is like, stop it. <laughs> just, well, just feel better. I don't know if he's necessarily saying that. It's almost like Gav is kind of reaching out to MC, I think, and being like, look, what's wrong, man? You know, you're, you're causing a rift in the group. Yeah, it is very... But the way he's saying it, it seems very much from his focus entirely on making Lou feel better. To be fair. And saying, like, snap out of it and yada yada. It's not like, hey, man, what's... You know, yeah. Lou's saying this, what's wrong? To be fair, it's yeah. hard to tell Gav's tone anyway. <laughs> Why don't you shut the hell up about things you have no clue about? Is this about your dead girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, okay. I'm back to being on MC side. Oh, Fair enough. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Tact. Maybe we should send Gav to some sensitivity yeah. training or something. <laughs> Is this about your dead girlfriend? I'm sorry about that. I was there. The way she died could have been easy to get over, but look at who you are. You're gonna have to deal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Totally on MC side. Yeah. <laughs> or what? MC challenged. Ooh. Hmm. Or we're not gonna get on. Gav said, not backing down to the ninja. I'm taking you off my Christmas card list. <laughs> you can't go to Thorpe Park with us anymore. The ultimate punishment. <laughs> Fine, I'll go to Chessington by myself. It's not as good. <laughs> the pair stood close together, neither breaking eye contact. Okay, guys. Jay said, entering the room. Gonna step in at this point, as I don't think this is a happy situation. Well done, Jay. Picking up on the mood in the room. Fair play for him to to go in yeah, and you yeah, know. Absolutely, yeah. It's not the first time he's done this either. Mm. And is of all the people to sort of intervene with MC Gav is kind of the worst because he's the newest. Mm. He doesn't really know MC. They yeah. haven't really bonded in any way. No, no. Gav is there purely for Lou, really. Yeah. You know, like uh, him and Jay have hung out a little bit, but mm. yeah. And Gav has kind of mentioned before that he's kind of said MC's not his leader. Yeah. You know, Gav went from the leader of his own gang that mm. got wiped out. So I, I don't know if there's a bit of jealousy there on Gav's part or just a bit of resentment towards MC. I think maybe Gav, from Gav's perspective, you know, MC, the group does need a leader. He's not happy about MC being a leader, mm. but also MC isn't being a leader. Yeah. Yeah. And Gav has only seen this side of MC as well. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. seen MC just being a normal arsehole before. <laughs> Gav stepped back. MC stayed exactly where he was. Come on, guys. What's going on? Never mind. Gav replied. Jay looked at MC, wanting an answer. Nothing. Come on, tell me. Maybe I can help. It's nothing, Jay. MC's voice rose slightly. Just leave it at that. Why doesn't anyone ever tell me anything around here? Jay asked, whining slightly. I don't think that's whining. I think that's a very valid point. (laughs) There's a reason. Gav remarked. But there's a question mark at the end of it. (laughs) There's a reason! (laughs) Gav remarked. Pardon? The three stood in an almost circle, but before more words could be spoken, they all noticed Louise standing in the doorway. She held the mail in her right hand and had her left in her dressing gown pocket. She's going to put out like a gun or something (laughs) to fire it into the air. They all go scattering. Her face showed anger, disappointment and tiredness. 
Yeah, everyone's in the best mood. <laughs> but to be fair, it's like six in the morning. Yeah, yeah, Everyone's shouting absolutely. at each other. Walking up to Jay, she handed him a letter. One for Gav and two for MC. There were also a couple for herself. Louise slipped her left hand into Gav's right and pulled him away. Are they invites to Hogwarts? <laughs> no, because then there'd be owls, right? Oh, true. And some terribly transphobic writer. <laughs> they went and sat at one of the breakfast table. One of the breakfast tables. <laughs> it's the furniture. Oh, God, it's, it's in the living room. We established this before, wasn't it? In the living. Or was it... Or was it is there a lobby in the B&B? Oh, I don't know. We're so desperate to fill this place for the furniture again, <laughs> aren't we? Just to keep that joke going. We've got to stretch the bit out as much as possible. Um, but yeah, our B&B would have multiple breakfast tables. Yeah, fair point. But fair there's point. only one, apparently. But wait. they one of the breakfast table. Ooh, that's confusing. I don't know mm. how many there are now. It's all gone to shit. <laughs> they went and sat at one of the breakfast table. MC sat back down in the armchair whilst Jade leaned against the wall. It was Barley, 7.30am, and already there was an atmosphere in the B&B. <laughs> I love barley, apparently, don't I? <laughs> Jay opened his letter quickly, tearing open the envelope at the wrong end. Is there a wrong end? I guess, like, not the, the sealed end? Is that what I mean? I guess, but who who does that? <laughs> the envelope rule enforces. <laughs> the letter inside to the floor. <laughs> Fell he, to the floor? I guess... Because he opened it the wrong way, you see. Right. Uh, sure. <laughs> How had you ever had you ever opened a letter, opened an envelope at this point? I don't think I'd ever received any piece of correspondence at this stage. <laughs> he quickly scrambled it up and started to read. It didn't seem like he had read much of it when Jay stuffed the note into his pocket. MC read the invoice from the builders who had done the work in the bed and breakfast. Before he could work out if they had charged him too much, Louis screeched from the other side of the room. Sorry, didn't all the builders get torn to pieces by werewolves? The first lot of builders got torn to pieces by werewolves. Ah. The second ones came in and escaped with their lives. They came in between the werewolves and the human-demon hybrid warriors. So they came in at the right time. It's a narrow window. Before he could work out if they charged him too much, Louise screeched from the other side of the room. MC looked up and saw her move away from where she was sitting next to Gav. No, not again. Not after. Oh God, no. She said, almost beginning to sob. Gav was right at her side, placing his hands around her. Should it be arms, not hands? He's just kind of got his like little hands just across her. <laughs> I don't know why he's got little hands, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's gathered now. He's naked and has small hands and is in a box. Oh dear. Gav was right at her side, placing his hands around her. Lou, what's wrong? Not again. She fell into his chest. Whilst cradling her with one hand, Gav took the letter away from Louise and read it out loud. The apocalypse! Are you ready? <gasps> Ooh, everyone gets a letter. Shit. At least it stops the whole yeah. keeping a secret thing. I'm really happy. So clearly I hated that kind of writing <laughs> back then as well. That's what I got. Jay suddenly said. He reached into his pocket and walked over to Louise and Gav. They placed the two letters together. Same writing, in hands with black ink. In hands with black ink. Same, Same writing, writing in, in hands. hands with black ink. <laughs> God. The letters had been recreated perfectly and were placed completely even in the middle of the fresh new paper. I mean, maybe you just photocopied it. <laughs> maybe whoever did this just had a photocopy machine. That would be way easier, you could right? Tell. You could tell when something's photocopied or freshly written, though. But it'd still be replicated in exactly the same manner. You could tell. It looks photocopied. There's a difference. How many 
How many apocalypse warning letters have you written? You know this, I've never had a letter. Because <laughs> I'm too afraid of opening it the wrong way. <laughs> the letters had been recreated perfectly and were placed completely even in the middle of the fresh new paper. Gav looked back at the chair he had been sitting on, at his unopened letter. Third time lucky! He said, opening it. Same! He said. The gang looked towards MC, who was holding his one remaining unopened letter. Think that's one too? Jay asked. It is. How do you know? Gav said, almost suggestively. How do you? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to do a suggestive... I was going to try and do a suggestive voice with Gav, but it's impossible. He just needs to be naked. Yeah. Everything he does is suggestive. He's always naked. (laughs) How do you know? Gav said, almost suggestively. I know. MC glared. MC... Louise almost whispered. Last time, Tifa. MC looked away from the group, not making eye contact. Still holding his letter, he said in perhaps the most upbeat and forced way he could. It's obviously a joke. Someone's idea of a a practical joke. Yes, because they've never had to deal with an apocalypse before. (laughs) Never had to deal with someone coming like, I'm going to end the world soon. Yay, thumbs up. Pranked you. (laughs) Bit of a coincidence, ain't it? Gav said. Someone just happened to send a message about an apocalypse to the people who stopped it last time round. These things happen. Uh, <laughs> Everyone gets letters warning about the apocalypse. Sometimes they're photocopied. Sometimes they're handwritten. These things happen. I'm not worried, and I don't think you guys should be either. Now, I'm going to go upstairs and get some sleep. Just throw those letters away and let's forget about it. Nope, doesn't say about it. To forget about. <laughs> Just throw those letters away and let's forget about. MC's forgotten already. <laughs> Just as he was finished the sentence, like, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, no, it is amnesia. <laughs> but yeah, here we go with MC's apathy again. Yeah, and yeah. denial, I guess. Yeah, and just... It seems like he just doesn't want to deal with it. He, I think he's just, he's just at the end of his rope. He's just run out. Yeah. You know? He hasn't got the, the energy or the anything to deal with yet another fucking apocalypse after like this is like the fifth one or whatever and you can see the difference in reactions like louise is just like oh my god i'm so worried because what happened last time we lost tifa yeah and mc is just completely not thinking about that at all he's just trying to push that down way down as much as possible exiting the living room mc overheard jay say i wonder what shina khan would say he'd probably say let's drink (laughs) (laughs) shots (laughs) Not bothering to pause, MC continued past the reception area of the B&B and started to climb the stairs. No sooner had his toe touched the first step, and there was a knock at the door. The sun shone brightly through the glass on the two doors that led to the garden of the B&B. It caused a silhouette as the character standing outside knocked again. MC couldn't help but get a tingle that ran down his spine. Is it someone for the free meal? (laughs) What a terrible time to show up to stay in this B&B. <laughs> Imagine how awkward you <laughs> Going in, Lou crying. Gav's tiny hands naked. <laughs> Only, yeah. <laughs> MC's just like... Storming what, what? off to his room. Yeah, yeah. what so, do you want? You want to stay? Yeah, whatever, I don't whatever. care. <laughs> Fuck off. How about that? All these oh, you want paper? two rooms? How about no rooms, prick? <laughs> All these bits of paper scattered about that said the apocalypse. Are you ready? <laughs> I'd be like, wow, the handwriting on those is really good. <laughs> Have they photocopied? Or... <laughs> Someone banging down your door this early in the morning would cause anyone's suspicion, especially since the postman had already been and delivered letters of pending doom. Pending doom, not impending doom. The pending. Yeah. The doom is pending, MC. <laughs> Please <What is> wait. <laughs> what is the status of the doom? Pending. <laughs> Walking slowly to the door, MC walked sideways, looking to avoid any attack that might occur. What, like a crab? 
<laughs> he's just like shuffling up to the door. <laughs> Why is he walking sideways? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, if you attack me, I'll pinch you. Crabs are the ninjas of the aquatic world. <laughs> walking slowly to the door, MC walked sideways, looking to avoid any attack that might occur. He unlocked the first door and cautiously opened the second. The figure moved slightly. MC flinched his hands, moving away from the lock. The figure stepped back slightly so his projection became more blurred. MC gritted his teeth and yanked the door open, slamming it against the wooden panelling around it. Did all the glass smash when he did that? He grabbed hold of the person. What do you want? MC asked. The person looked pretty surprised. No doubt he was human. His brown skin had a layer of sweat across it and his brown eyes showed fear. Vampires can obviously walk around during sunlight hours, so at the moment, the guy was clean. Answer me, MC said. A uh, 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 room? The guy replied. What? A uh, 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 room? Th- this is a B&B, right? Feeling a little embarrassed. <laughs> Only a little bit. I mean, it happens to every B&B owner, really. <laughs> MC let the guy of the guy's... MC let guy of the guy's coat... Oh, God. Brushing it down as he did. Oh, yes, it is. Sorry. He desperately tried to think of an excuse for the attack. We haven't had many guests. (laughs) Flawless excuse. (laughs) Lost a star off the review already. (laughs) MC went to take the man's bags, but he politely declined the offer. The ninja led the way into the reception area of the B&B. He stepped behind the desk in the reception and pulled out the book that housed all the B&B's guests. It's an empty book then, is is that what it is? So far, it was empty. <laughs> Would you mind signing in, Mr... Uh, LeCue? Roots LeCue? Is this going to be one of those ana- ana- uh, anagram names where, like, Alucard and Dracula or something like that? I have absolutely no idea. Fair enough. I, L-I-Q... L-I-Q-U-E. L-I-K-U-E. Mm. LeCue? LeCue. LeCue? LeCue. Roots LeCue. Yep. I don't know what that is. I think I've just made up a name. Well, Mr. LeCue, I'm sure we can arrange the best room in the house for you. Ah, please. I'd like to be on first name terms with the people who threaten me. Just roots will do fine. Going well? (laughs) MC nodded. He had calmed down and his embarrassment had slowly slipped away. I'm glad he's got over that pretty quick. (laughs) The feeling of being very tired and pissed off came flooding back. Ah, just for a change. (laughs) It was like a second he was like, ah, fine. Fucking hell! (laughs) He hadn't said anything in a while and felt the uncomfortable atmosphere between him and their first and only guest, Roots. Louise and Gav appeared from the living room. Oh, we have company? Louise asked, seemingly having calmed down from earlier. Wait, are you a customer? Gav said, slightly stunned. Real good, guys. (laughs) I think so. Roots replied, still holding his suitcase. He dropped his huge rucksack to the floor. His clothes were a bit tatty and he had three or four days worth of stubble around his chin. What? The herd Jay from the living room. Very funny, guys. Big joke. Ha ha. Sorry, the herd Jay from the living room. They heard, presumably, but yeah. Oh, okay. I was really confused. I thought Jay had turned into like wildebeests and like <laughs> elephants and stuff. What? The herd Jay from the living room. Very funny, guys. Big joke. Ha ha. He came into the reception area. Oh, Louise, can you take this? I'm just going to. MC walked past everyone and headed up back upstairs. Is he okay? Root said to Louise as she stepped behind the reception desk. I hope so, she replied. 
he's very calm roots, isn't he? Like, he's super chill. I feel like if the owner of a bed and breakfast attacked me mm. before I checked in, <laughs> then I might be like, oh, I'll just go to the next one on TripAdvisor. <laughs> Louise filled in the necessary forms and Roots paid up front in crumpled notes. Jay, would you mind taking this gentleman's bags and showing him to his room? Without responding, Jay set in motion. Ah, yes. They set Jay to be the bellboy. <laughs> I really hope they rang the bell for him as well, even though he stood right there. Hi, I'm Jay. He introduced himself. Roots said his hello and the two set off up the stairs. Man! Jay said on his way up. This bag is heavy. What you got in it? Uh, that would be my music collection. I'm a DJ. I work small gigs at the places I travel to. Cool. Do you like Slipknot? <laughs> Jay trying That's to find it. common ground. Are you rich? Or used to be rich? Will you be my dad? <laughs> the conversation faded as Jay and Roots headed up to the third floor of the B&B. The second belonged to the gang, whilst the third and the majority of the fourth had been redone for a hefty price and were livable. Is <laughs> That's the review. Was livable. <laughs> the fifth floor needed a lot of work and they would need a lot of customers to pay for the work. The sixth floor what? was off bounds. No wonder they got so many breakfast tables. <laughs> this is more of a hotel than a B and B. Yeah, six Huge. floors. They got they got another mansion. <laughs> oh god, they have, haven't they? I mean, that was a mansion that just grew in size all the time yeah. as well. So I think before this season ends, like the seventy first floor <laughs> of this bed and breakfast. The sixth floor was off bounds. The gang had learned after they first purchased the building that around fifteen years ago, one of the rooms had flooded. Leaving the sixth floor destroyed. So, okay, but they did purchase the building. How did they purchase a building? With their mystery money that they but, got mysteriously. Not even just the money, but like the owner died, was sort of sucked they, into a vortex and came back as a ghostly apparition. How did they purchase this? <laughs> Maybe they just said, hey, there was some weird demon portal. <laughs> And then they got it for like a tenner. Because <laughs> other people were like, oh, I mean, it's good location. It needs a little bit of work, but, you know, big place. Oh, Demon Porto, I don't think I'll buy it. They bought a mm. building in central London that has six floors. <laughs> from With the money that they got, because they were flat broke. Then they earned uh, some money by working random jobs. Yeah, fast food, construction. Yeah, and then they flew to Tokyo and back and spent most of their money... <laughs> I don't know about UMC, but I think this is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> also, London used to be a lot cheaper. Fifteen years ago, one of the rooms on the sixth floor had flooded and the whole floor got destroyed. Does that not drip down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was very up on building regulations and <laughs> buying, purchasing property around this time. I can't believe it. Our business is up and running. Gav said. I know. Louise replied. Maybe it's our lucky day. Gav trekked up the stairs to get dressed. Ah, uh, lucky day when you're already arguing at <laughs> uh, like half seven in the morning and you get a bunch of letters about the apocalypse coming. But they've got one customer in their b and coming up, <laughs> gang. <laughs> Louise gave a little <laughs> and sighed. As MC removed his clothes and slipped under his bedsheets, the baby in the cot next to him began to wail. Amy was awake, which meant so was MC. He rubbed his tired eyes before going to comfort her. It just it feels really horrible knowing what MC is rocking her, going like, "You're you a disappointment." Killed the woman I love. <laughs> I feel nothing for you beyond some vague obligation. <laughs> Roots had a deep and booming laugh, clearly, and it filled the dining area of the B and B. 
It was early evening, and Louise and Gav had been on cooking duty, fixing roots to the pasta he had ordered from the small menu. Do you even know what a B&B is, Jeb? <laughs> or is this the free meal? It's got to be the free meal, right? Like, or maybe they're like, it's a bed and breakfast and dinner. I guess they've got a little restaurant in there as well. Yeah, so they're like, offering something. It's in, the bed and breakfast is including in the, free, in the fee, and if you want... There's a pasta dish. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's a hotel, so yeah. maybe they're just like, fuck it, let's just do dinner. <laughs> it was early evening, and Louise and Gav had been on cooking duty, fixing Roots the pasta he had ordered from the small menu. They, along with Jay, joined Roots with their own dinners. I mean, did he invite them? <laughs> Why are the owners of this B&B joining me for dinner? This is a bit <laughs> weird. Why am I the only one here? Why did the owner attack me? Why can't I go up to the sixth floor? Why is this B&B so massive? Well, Roots is clearly enjoying himself. <laughs> Jay had just been telling the tale of how he had once been rich and lost it all. <laughs> oh, jolly old tale, that one. And it made Roots giggle, which normally Jay would have found offensive, but the two of them had seemed to get along quite well. Good. Yay. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's funny how you lost your fortune and became poor. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the garden? Looks like a dog lost his bone. <sighs> Sorry, what? Roots, can you repeat your question? I don't understand what you mean. So what's the garden? Looks like a dog lost his bone. What's with the garden, I guess? Yeah. What's up with the garden? Because they buried a load of bodies there, I guess. Yeah. Did they? No, they burnt them. Maybe because of the, fight, the fight with the warriors. Yeah. yeah, okay. We uh, had a little trouble. Gav said, discreetly, not mentioning the fight he and MC had had with the group of warriors who had been sent to kidnap Amy. You know, I think I'm going to get that tidied up tomorrow. Well, if you need a hand, man, I'd be more than happy, Roots offered. We can ask that, Louise said. You're a guest here. Ah, oh, that don't matter. I worked for a gardener when I was living our in New Zealand. I, I, Roots is a mysterious one, isn't he? Why is he staying in BB in central London? Uh, he's a DJ. He, he likes dinner. He's, that's the, the last one is the real <laughs> mystery. <laughs> Just a cool dude, been around the world, done lots of different jobs. I guess. Maybe sent them the letters, who knows. Mm. You were in New Zealand? Yeah, a few years ago. I tell you, don't get me... Mm. Oh, I don't want to do this, MC. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Yeah, a few years ago. I tell you, don't get many brothers out there. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know what makes me more uncomfortable is the fact that I tried to write for a black character or that I'm voicing a black character. Neither of which are good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Everyone else laughed too. Roots had entertained them all night with stories of his travels. He was a drifter who didn't care for much in the world except for music and living his life the way he wanted to. This guy is either evil or going to die. I'm predicting that now. <laughs> he finished his food and rubbed his stomach. That was great, man. Best thing I've eaten in months. He wiped his mouth with a serv... What is that? Is that a serviette? What does I mean, that say? It doesn't come up on the typo thing, but it, do- it looks wrong. Yeah, it does look wrong, doesn't it? That's not how I think you'd spell serviette. Yeah. We'll just go with it. Let's say I got it right for once. <laughs> he wiped his mouth with the serviette and stood. Right. Think I'm going to work out my next set. I got a gig at this wicked club in a few days. Hey, why don't you guys come along? We'd love to. Jay blurted. Sweet! Right, y'all. Oh, God. I'll catch you, cat, tomorrow. 
Oh, by the way, not sure if there's something wrong with the air conditioning, but my room is mega cold. Demon portal. <laughs> oh, it's Mrs. Lansbury. Yeah, it's definitely a haunting presence still knocking oh, around. Oh, they're going to take over Roots and then <gasps> he'll do stuff. Oh, no. We'll look into that, Gav said. Roots smiled, said goodnight and left. Do we even have air conditioning? Louise asked. Gav shook his head to indicate no was the answer. <laughs> It's when That's a very lengthy way of saying that. <laughs> when someone normally shakes their head, I'm like, do they mean yes or no? <laughs> really confusing. That guy's amazing! Jay proclaimed. It's nice, I think... Well, I mean, I'm worried for Roots' safety now with mm. everything that's going on, but, like, he's kind of come in and given the gang a bit of a lift, which is nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Positivity for once. A few minutes later, MC walked into the dining room, Amy in his arms. They both looked tired and ragged. He yawned, nodding to the group before settling down with Amy on his lap. A silence fell upon the group. The bad feeling from that morning's postal delivery still lingering in the air. I don't know why that's funny. Bad feeling from the morning's postal delivery. (laughs) A knock at the door broke that silence. Another customer? Gav asked. I'll get it. Jay bounded to the front door. He was gone for a few moments, obviously talking to someone at the door. They heard the door close and Jay coming back. Well... Gav said as Jay entered the room. Not a guest, just a huge box. Gav's getting really excited. Oh, get it! <laughs> Let me take my clothes off first! <laughs> he led them into the reception area where a wooden crate stood. Ooh. It towered over everybody. Anyone been on eBay recently? Louise asked jokingly. Take her. MC handed Amy over to Louise and fished out the crowbar he kept behind the reception desk. Again, I question why he keeps a crowbar behind the reception desk, but there we go. <laughs> Wasn't this established before? There yeah, was... he gave it to Louise to yeah. break into the library. Which is why I'm questioning it again, every, MC. Every B&B needs a crowbar, <laughs> just in case... The sixth floor floods. Yeah, or a guest comes along. It's like, I was looking to break into the library tonight. <laughs> he issued for Louise, Gav and Jay to get back behind him. Inserting the crowbar between the front of the crate and the side, MC prized the door open. The crate door. <laughs> what? The what, panel? Lid? Panel. Yeah, okay. Or lid, yeah. Door. Yeah. <laughs> there was what appeared to be a statue underneath a dark sheet. Reaching over, MC went to pull the sheet off. It moved, shooting forward, causing MC and the others to jump back a step. The sheet fell to the ground, revealing a vampire. <laughs> I feel like it's been ages since we've had a vampire. Well, we had a couple in Chip. Oh, that's true. But like in Tomorrow Gason, it's been inflatable werewolves and demons. And... <laughs> Definitely it's the first for this season, absolutely. Mm. And someone sent them. I mean, the postal they're getting today is just <laughs> shocking, isn't it, really? He stood in front of the gang, tailored up in a posh box. What? What? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> He stood in front of the gang, tailored up in a posh box. Is he, like, still inside the box? Like, if it's sort of a, a very high vertical sort of box. Right. And he's inside it, and they took the front panel off, so he's still standing inside the box. But tailored up? Yep, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> MC gripped the crowbar. Instead of challenging for a fight, the vampire cleared his throat and began to sing. Inflatable werewolves, singing vampires. What is going on? Breakdancing mummies. It's a vampire gram. <laughs> a grampire? Oh, nice. God, I need to copyright that immediately. <laughs> the song wasn't anything anyone in the gang recognised. Sorry, 
Recognized. Recognized, yeah. Recognized? Yeah. The song wasn't anything anyone in the gang recognized. The word December was repeated a few times, but mostly it appeared to be a 1920s ballad. Right? <laughs> this is. <laughs> out like... of all the things, this is in some way the bizarrest. <laughs> what is going on? There was no denying the vampire had an excellent voice. It's nice that they just leave him to it. You're like, we should stake him, but it would be rude to interrupt. But they're probably just so baffled yeah, by true. what the shit. He sung with all his undead heart for three or four minutes, climaxing in a bow. Even when he was when he was alive, he wanted to be a singer, and that you know that never left him. Jay started to clap. Oh. Louise slapped his hand so Jay knew to stop. Oh, Jay. Jay's my favourite character. He is. Thank you. Thank you. The vamp said, bowing again. Right. So, <laughs> now what? A stunned MC asked. Now I get my after show rewards. He leapt forward, but MC had been ready and prepared throughout the entire performance. Stepping to one side, MC sent the vampire into the floor, cracking his face. Quickly, MC was on the vamp's back, bashing his head into the floor, doing his best not to do any damage to the red carpet. I feel like they went for a red carpet to avoid all the bloodstains showing up. I mean, I think it's wise. They should have red walls, red ceilings, just <laughs> everything. Not, that's why MC was so angry it was brown before. <laughs> what? The vampire asked. MC paws ramming its face into the ground. Louise handed him a stake as the vampire spoke again. They set me up. They said it would be an easy kill. The apocalypse. MC drove the stake through the back of the vampire's ribcage, smashing the bone to get to the heart. The vamp turned to dust beneath MC, who dropped the stake, spelt incorrectly, because <laughs> it's a meat steak apparently. <laughs> it's left over from dinner. <laughs> Got back up and headed into the living room. I do enjoy the almost rehearsed quality that they have of MC just kicking the shit out of it, Louise throwing him a stake, or not even throwing, just handing him a stake quite calmly. It's yeah. like, they've done this shit so many times. So many times. I mean, I feel like this is the first case of a singing vampire delivered by post. But when it turns into an attacking vampire, it's like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what to do. But the final words of the yeah. vampire MC, the apocalypse. Ooh... Hepsey, he was just about to... I know. MC interrupted, walking still. Gav chased after him. What is your goddamn problem? You're trying to ignore all these signs like the plague. Ignore the plague? Is that how you deal with it? <laughs> well, according to our government, yes. <laughs> Ooh, nice, topical. Hey. <laughs> MC didn't reply. He walked around Gav and into the living room. Louise and Jay joined them. He's right. This isn't like you. Louise added. You know something? Something you don't want to tell us? Wouldn't be the first time. Jay commented. I, I'm sorry, I still can't get past the singing vampire in a crate that knew <laughs> something about the apocalypse. <laughs> and why did the vampire need to sing before he got a meal? Or is that his payment? What people is, is, send a vampire to their intended victims? Well, we know <sighs> there was something about December. He mentioned something about December in the song. So in the that 1920s be, ballad. Must it, it, the time travel 1920s <laughs> December it's going to be Christmas themed episode and they're all going to dress up as flappers <laughs> oh, oh, I feel like it's been a while since this has absolutely done me in <laughs> yeah. I'm just so baffled by the shit ideas I was going with back then oh. 
MC reached into the waste paper basket and pulled out the letter he had thrown away earlier. This came yesterday. The group read the letter. The apocalypse. Are you ready? So you knew already, and you didn't tell us, Louise said angrily. You're damn right I didn't tell you. How long have we been here now? A few months? A few weeks in this building? The apocalypse is something we faced before in Tokyo. I thought it was something we had left behind. These things have a way of catching up with us, Gav said, glaring at MC. Okay, so we got some letters. What do you suggest we do? Run around in a fit of panic? We have nothing here. No contacts, no resources, no allies. We're not in a position to investigate this. All we can do is wait for the bad, wherever it might be, to rear its ugly head, and then I'll stick something pointy in it. And if we run out of time? Louise asked. And that's where we're going to end my December part one. Well, what do we think of that episode, MC? <laughs> well, um, I guess the the best thing is that it didn't turn into a dragging out thing of MC hiding the things and blah, 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 no, blah. It was bookended with a couple of arguments between the gang. Yeah. Clearly not on the same page. Yeah, which have uh, kind of been a while coming in, in some ways. Mm. Um, but at least everyone's position is kind of clear now. Yeah, they kind of... They all know this warning's been given to them. Yeah. Through various methods. Yeah. <laughs> Some a bit unconventional. Uh, and they know MC's feelings on the matter now as yeah. well. So, yes, hopefully they'll work through these differences in a positive and <laughs> loving and caring way. I mean, that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's almost like... This season so far isn't almost about the big bad looking to end the world. That's almost yeah. like a side thing, whereas it's the dynamic within the group that's Very kind much. of the main issue and the yeah. main problem right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whether or not they can come together to fight whatever evil turns up. Mm. Whether it'll be dancing zombies, <laughs> juggling werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> what I really want to know what the big bad is, because I'm dying to know what sends a fucking vampire in a box that sings. <laughs> what is happening? And are they going to get more? Like warnings and stuff, do you yeah. think? Because this has been in the span of a day. Yeah. We've had the letters and the vampire. <laughs> What's next? Fucking postman just been like, whoa, they've got a lot of package coming in, a lot of things coming in. <laughs> the postman's at the moment, What's going on? Why does this crate keep singing? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, if you've got any theories as to uh, what the heck the gang are going to get in the post next time, do you know there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch? You can find us on Facebook. Uh, where we're at facebook.com slash how I ripped off podcast and we are on twitter at how I ripped off and you can find our entire back catalogue on soundcloud stitcher radio itunes and youtube and if you want to write the lyrics to the vampire <laughs> song leave them in a review for us as it won't really help the podcast immensely but it will entertain us at least yeah leave a five star review for that vampire's performance because I feel like that was the best thing about the whole episode you know he did really well he got a round of applause from Jay and he just did a really good job and I think it's a shame he's been staked by some meat because I think he could have gone on to have a very successful career in the performance industry 